Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lunch Pail Podcast alongside Mike Nizolik, the Virginia Tech football beat writer for the Roanoke Times. This is Aaron McFarling, the sports columnist for the Roanoke Times. It's been a couple weeks since we got together, but we have a ton to talk about. Is this Virginia Tech season going off the rails? That's your that's your teaser. Uh, that's kind of one of the themes of today's show. We'll also talk a little bit about the Georgia Tech game, uh, what went wrong there. Uh, we'll handicap the whole Coastal Division chase, and, of course, we'll look ahead to Saturday's game against Boston College where Virginia Tech is an underdog. Uh, I never would have imagined that coming into this season, but it makes sense now the way things have gone. Mike, I know it's been a while since we got together, um, but the Georgia Tech game we both attended, and I w- I'd like to start with your thoughts on just what happened uh, against the Jackets. <laughs> they got they got beat pretty good. Um, it was funny, but uh, Bud Foster was talking about uh, they just got double the the double ISO blast got them. <laughs> but it was uh, and he said a lot of the traditional. It was interesting. A lot of the traditional option stuff they were running, um, they kind of abandoned uh, in in the extra few days of prep. They added this quarterback sweep that like killed Virginia Tech for like two hundred yards. But the, it begs the question: How come this team didn't adjust, or why wasn't able to adjust um, defensively? I, I think the the biggest concern is that second half, where you know Bud Foster's kind of known for his ability to make adjustments and changes, and um, nothing sort of worked. And and you know I don't really get a clear sense of other than inexperience and that the the defense hadn't seen this stuff before why it was such a struggle you know why couldn't they even in the first half giving up what they gave up why didn't it get any better why did it get worse i think that's probably as a if you're a fan you're probably more concerned about um look a loss loss are going to happen but when they're showing no signs of improvement um i think that's kind of where you start to say um what happened in this game i think the most concerning thing if you're a fan is that that Defensive line was getting blown off the ball. I mean, Georgia Tech was starting those every play three yards downfield. I mean, it's pretty easy to gain six yards when nobody hits you before three yards have been gained already. Um, I watched – I had my binoculars, and I just watched that cement mixer that goes on in the the trenches. And it was amazing to me how the Hokies had no answer for those cut blocks. And I I spent the entire – post-game press conference asking guys what are you supposed to do fundamentally against that or else we would see every team in the nation cut block on every play because it just it was so effective against the Hokies and they said well what you're supposed to do is kind of smash their helmets into the ground you know stay tall smash their helmets into the ground and use them as leverage to get off the off the block and go get the running back well they didn't do that they just got they let their knees get uh, slammed over and over and over again to me that's you know, that was surprising. I didn't think it was necessarily that they weren't in the right place. They just got physically beat, physically manhandled, um, and that could carry over. That's not something that, um, you know, is a one-off. They're playing an option offense. Okay, now they're on to Boston College. And Boston College is known for being hard-nosed too. I mean, this is no uh, team that's going to come in here and pussyfoot around. I mean, these guys want to blast you too. And you know, I think you know the coaching staff hasn't said this, but 
um, depth is going to, you know, they said they're banged up, but depth is an issue. Um, you know, they lost Jared Hewitt in that game. Uh, Dylan Rivers went down. And, I mean, Dex Hollyfield's uh, good. He's a freshman. Um, but the, on the defensive line, you lose one of your starters. Um, Vinny Mahota's not 100%. Um, it's it's going to be a struggle. And I, and I think that got to them in that game where you're going to guys, uh, you know, uh, Robert Porsche, Xavier Burke, that aren't necessarily ready for a big-time role, not ready to be as consistent. I mean, Jared Hewitt won that job for a reason. He was kind of the most consistent guy behind Ricky Walker, and uh, that hurt them because and, and, they're a young team as it is, and that, that they don't have the depth right now at some of those positions uh, um, defensively, especially with losing some guys um, to uh, compete, and that's kind of a scary, scary uh, place to be in. Yeah, and that is a game they miss Trayvon Hill big time. I mean, yeah, for big sure. time because he's the kind of guy that is sort of a whirling dervish in there, and he can pitch a fit, as Charlie Wiles likes to say, and get penetration. They got no penetration. They got no disruption on that offensive operation of Georgia Tech, and when you don't get any penetration and any disruption, that's what you see. You see Georgia Tech just look as comfortable as can be. Um, let's talk a little bit about offensively, you know, the – I think Justin Fuente was disappointed uh, at, at the way the offense kind of shut off. Uh, what, right. what was the use? The valve, valve, the valve turned off. Yeah, yeah. The valve turned off. Um, what are your thoughts on, on what happened offensively? Uh, very confusing. I, you know, the, he kind of put it in that those terms where he just was kind of perplexed um, that they could be so good for three series and then so bad the rest of the game. And you know, they said it. They everybody said it comes down to execution. Um, you know, different things at different times, different position groups making mistakes. And it's sort of a – it's hard to um, – you know, they're, they're not pinpointing any specific themes other than that. So you just kind of say, well, we, everybody's got to be better. That's easier said than done at this point. I think the concerning thing, again, is that uh, Ryan Willis has kind of regressed a little bit where um, I think he makes – those spectacular throws that you saw, you know, to Damon Hazleton, but then when they need to kind of hold on to the ball, some of the short things, some of the routine plays, like Justin Fuente has said, um, he's not as crisp and you kind of um, miss Josh Jackson. And, you know, they're not going to say that they miss him <laughs> as much as they do, I think, but I think you miss his uh, kind of calm and sort of collected demeanor in that huddle. I think this offense could have used him on uh, – on Saturday, don't you think that 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 presence in the huddle? Uh, I think they missed him because they just couldn't get settled down after after the, after one three and out, two three and outs. That was just done. It just seemed like they were just they they had just it was over. Yeah, that was pretty jarring because it did feel like that game was just going to be a shootout. I mean, who has the last possession of the game is going right. to win. And and you're right, Virginia Tech just stopped stopped scoring, stopped moving the ball. And it is a case I think where you just kind of didn't know what you had till he's gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Jackson, uh, look Fuente is known for his handling of quarterbacks. He chose this guy for a reason, and he chose this guy overwhelmingly this year to be the starter. But you know, they look—they're not—they're not, not going to be able to make excuses. You know, the, these are all legitimate reasons for struggles, injuries, the Hewitt thing. I mean, it, these are all legitimate reasons. But they—they—they they, they have no choice but to pack up with what they've got and, and try to carry on. And, and they're still in this coastal race, uh, certainly mathematically. Let's let's talk. Is is the season on the brink here this weekend? I mean, is this? Is, is <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it it feels like it from the standpoint of you, you know you look 
They got four game four four games left to play. They need two wins at least to keep their bull streak alive. Um, there's always that sort of in the back pocket. I guess the next couple of weeks they could try to get a fifth game um, as sort of like a uh, you know panic decision. Um, but uh, the, the team's so young. You know, I was looking at numbers and sort of uh, kind of going back defensively. That 2015 team really uh, statistically is probably the worst in the last 10 years uh, outside of this year right now. And then you look at all the te- pe- players that were on that team were the stars on the two- 2017 team. Um, so it's sort of to me as if they can continue to play with effort and continue to play with focus, even if the wins aren't there you have to assume that the coaching staff likes the talent that they're trying to lay a similar blueprint that they're going to take their lumps now and obviously i i think that they got hit harder by attrition um than they thought they would with the nfl and some other things um and so it's i I think it looks worse but i don't think i think as long as they're playing hard you're not saying everything's a disaster um, but I don't think they can afford another blowout or two like they've had where you give up 49 points without having fans hit the like emergency, emergency, emergency button and start screaming and running for the hills. Well, the players looked at us cockeyed in the before the season when we kept asking them over and over, how are you going to defend with all these losses that you have? And they were defiant, and that's what you do as a player. You say, hey, we, we're next man up. We're going to go out there, and you're not going to notice a single difference. And then Florida State happened, and we said, well, what? You know, maybe they're right. Maybe they're right. That's crazy to think. But, but now – I think they can look at this and they can say, okay, and now we understand why all the questions were being asked because this, there were so many holes to fill and they're just, they just, it's, and, and now there's even more holes being developed and punched into this team as uh, the just general attrition of the season happens. So I, you know, I look, I was asked on the radio yesterday, you know, is, is this like a long-term concern, you know, that the Hokies program is, is, in peril and i no i mean not to me it's not i mean i i I figured they would have some struggles this year how do you fix the team i I think you just get older i mean i think that's the only way to do it is just keep recruiting as 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 best you can and get older uh and try to avoid situations where you're having this much turnover in one season well and, and you know they talked about after that game you know you have to focus on the positive too and this team's won three road games is one three against power five opponents on the road uh and that's not every team can do that and it's it's not an easy task and and defense has looked good at times and they look good against duke they looked good against florida state and maybe those teams weren't kind of what they thought we were especially you know duke looked really good and then has kind of fallen off the map since but i mean you still i think you get credit for winning on the road and and um we'll see i i I still think every game on the rest of their schedule is winnable so i mean it's like and we're gonna talk about that coastal division race but i mean you know you you hope two and two at least but i mean i could see them going three and one easily i mean you got two games you got three of the four at home um miami's looked bad (laughs) pittsburgh uh has won a couple of games but not a world beater i mean boston college you know, you worry about A.J. Dillon and Virginia's looked good with their, their dual-thread quarterback, but I, I just don't see that you're looking at Virginia Tech now and saying they don't have the talent to compete. I mean, that's not they're not in that kind of situation where it's hopeless. No. 
Although sometimes late in that game against Georgia Tech, you kind of feel that way. But right, but but, and, 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 but then the point is, is that whatever what they've said this week is that it doesn't matter. I mean, that tape doesn't matter. Look, right. look, nobody's gonna Boston College is gonna look at that and be like, we could do that to them. Right. They're gonna have to do something completely different. You know, they might run the ball and say we can beat them on the ground, but they're not gonna run that quarterback sweep. They're not gonna run that blocking scheme. So you sort of say. You know, we'll see if AJ Dillon has 150 yards by halftime. Then we'll kind of then I think you can reassess. But we'll kind of see what happens here because, you know, North Carolina ran the ball well, but I mean they didn't score a lot of points. So I mean, we'll see. I did something very rare. I went to a Virginia game instead of a Virginia Tech game when they yeah. were both uh, going on at the same time. I went to the Virginia Miami game instead of going to North Carolina. And there was something that happened at the at the third at the end of the third quarter. Virginia was up by seven points at the end of the third quarter, and of course Miami was still you know they only had one loss at this point. You kind of feel like Miami was favored and everything else, but Virginia was on the sidelines, bouncing up and down, jumping, basically doing all the things that Miami does. You know the swagger, and just I looked at that and I said this. You can talk all you want about believing in you, that you're going to win. But that was showing me that they really believed they were going to win because that was a tenuous lead that they had. My point is, Virginia's got momentum now, man. Not only are they in first place in the Coastal Division, uh, Dowdy had a story today about how the recruiting has been, you know, significant uptick in their recruiting. They're like ranked like 26th in, in nationally in recruiting right now, uh, which is way up from what they've been doing. And I think if you're a Hokie fan, you're looking at that. You still got your 14-game winning streak against those guys, so I think you've got that in your back pocket as, okay, we're still going to stiff-arm them when it comes down to it. But I think when when you see your own team struggling and you see across the Commonwealth a little bit of momentum from a team you could count on not having any momentum ever uh, – that's that's double. Well, I think trouble. the well, I, I mean, we got three weeks of that game, so it could get worse before it gets better. Right. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see uh, in the next three weeks because if they have, if they lose two games and they got to win both their last two games to make a bowl game, it's fans are are going to be up in arms. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Friday night Virginia and Pittsburgh play. I mean, that's Virginia Tech's two of their last three opponents right, right. there. Getting playing on a Friday night, so I know. Uh, high school football fans aren't aren't enthused about this, you know, this Friday night thing, but it will give us an opportunity to watch those te- those teams as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing that game. All right, should we should we talk about Boston College? What is what is Boston College's strengths right now? Obviously, we all know Scott Leffler's their offensive coordinator, former Virginia Tech offensive coordinator. Uh, my guy Adazio is the coach. I've always enjoyed talking with him old offensive lineman and he's just a you know just football through and through um and so enthusiastic and it's it's good i like to see him get his program back on on track because you know they were they were going through some real lean years and i like that guy what did what does bc do well what is what do the Hokies need to watch out for here well aj Dillon's kind of the i think you know you star him and just because uh, Virginia Tech has struggled so much uh, defending uh, the, the running backs in a rushing game the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, he missed two games, and you thought, man, is he going to be healthy? Then he comes back. He had 32 carries for 149 yards against a really good Miami defense. Um, and, and can he keep that going? Uh, they said, uh, I was looking at some quotes from uh, Adazio's press conference, they said 
30 to 35 carries is about where we want to be, and we think he can handle that kind of going forward. That's probably the worst news you've heard all week for Virginia Tech. Um, uh, but seriously, and then, you know, you got the familiarity with uh, Leffler, and Bud Foster was very complimentary of him um, and just how well they know each other. Uh, he was on the staff here for three years, so um, that adds another wrinkle to it. Um, but Boston College has been up and down. They lost to a Purdue team that's pretty average. They lost to NC State. Um, you know, struggled to get past Wake Forest and Temple. So, I mean, it's not like – and that's kind of been uh, across the coastal where outside of maybe Virginia right now um, or in the ACC, the teams have been up and down uh, really except that, you know, Clemson and then Louisville because Louisville's been so bad all year and Clemson's been so good. But um, most – Carolina, th- you can count on losses even though they've right. played well. They've, they've played games. well at spurts though. So you kind of – you think are they, are they done and they've – push teams but i mean you know boston college is good i don't think they're great I, I, and they're going to be and you they're favored like you mentioned um but i wouldn't expect what was it 49 to nothing last year or 48 to nothing what was the score last year for the bc game for virginia tech i don't remember i don't oh, know I don't 23 know. to 10 two years ago or what what was the year that they killed them what, what was it uh let's see going back yeah two years ago was 49 nothing i wouldn't expect anything like that uh this really year 49 49 nothing and yeah, i have 16. no recollection of that game at all <laughs> last year it was 23 10 that virginia tech won uh two years ago yeah 49 nothing i did not virginia go to tech boston won. last year I or two years ago. Two years ago was at the Martinsville race or something. Oh, okay, so last year was at Boston. Then two years ago was at Virginia Tech. It was forty nine nothing. So third week of the season too. So early in the year. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, I did go to Boston last year. I did. That was last year was uh, the midway point of the season. It was the sixth game of the season, and I remember writing from the hotel room what a good job Josh Jackson had done up to that point. I mean, he was his numbers were some of the best in the nation at that point. And his efficiency was just through the roof. And, of course, he he, he regressed a little bit as, as the competition stiffened. But um, but I remember that was a good performance by the offense, even though the, the points weren't weren't high. I mean, we, you know, they took care of the ball. Uh, and that's what you're going to have to do in this game, too. I mean, I, I guess we can get to our predictions now. Um, I think it's, it's just – it's mind blowing when you think going into this season that the Hokies would be two and a half point underdogs in this game, but now it makes sense. It makes sense just the way the teams are playing, the form. Um, which way do you think this one's going to go? I don't know. I've been so bad about picking uh, Virginia Tech games this year. Uh, you know, I've put some faith in their coaching staff that they haven't figured out after that bye. Um, I, maybe I didn't think about. Uh, that Georgia Tech had extra time and they were going to throw some new things and that would kind of hurt this young defense. Um, at home, Boston College, I, don't, I, I just I, I get a feeling Virginia Tech bounced back, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. It, it, you know it's, it seems like Virginia Tech 28-20 we'll go with. Okay. Yeah, I but I mean, I have no, no sense of confidence no, about that. No, no sense of confidence. Uh, but the most confident I've been all year was that North Carolina was going to be scary against Virginia Tech. I just kind of that was that was the one lean I had that I felt really good about. The rest of them, I, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I have no clarity on any of it. I got a couple of emails about people saying I'd buy. I'm not buy. I, I'm just picking them because I think that they. I mean, look, they got a home field. You know, the home field advantage hasn't been very good this year. But I mean, they're still at home. Uh, they've had a lot of rest. Yeah, you um, the pride is at stake. And your pride, yeah. And 
you know, I don't know. Boston College doesn't seem to me look their wins. Listen to this. Listen to the schedule. They beat Massachusetts, uh, t- a terrible team. Holy Cross, terrible. Right. Wake Forest, terrible. So there's three and zero. Lost to Purdue. Purdue's not very good. Purdue beat Ohio State. But they're not very good. They They've lost Michigan State. Later. They're terrible. Lately. They lost Eastern Michigan. Terrible. T- terrible. So Purdue's uh, terrible. Purdue's terrible. Okay. Uh, Temple. They won. Terrible. NC State, they lost. I don't so know that's anything their, about that's, Temple. That, NC State's the only good team they've played other than Miami. Louisville, they won, and Louisville's worst team in the conference. <laughs> and Miami. So they have one quality one quality win. Right. Miami is their quality. And Miami's their quality win. That's it. That's that's who they've beaten. And Miami's playing. And would you t- and and so and uh, they won on the road. The only game they won on the road was Wake. So I mean, if you look at Virginia Tech's schedule, their three quality wins are much better than anything Boston College. And maybe you know it's like you can't. T- I mean, I guess the schedules you know don't pre- aren't predictive. But at the same time, I'm, j- I'm just saying Boston College isn't beating the world beaters here. Their last four games are against probably their you know three of their four top they type at Virginia Tech, Clemson. At Florida State and Syracuse, they could easily finish one and three. Yeah, or zero and four. I'm just trying to think of the tenor of this game and how how Virginia Tech wins. Like, do they have to score a bunch? Probably, homecoming, they're gonna probably have, a, have to score. A homecoming bunch, right? king and queen but, are gonna be announced. That's exciting. In the past, when I would think of Frank Circle in the wagons in this in this kind of spot, I would think defense and special teams and Beamer Ball, and that would be how they would win. When all looks lost, you know, they they just rely on their old faithful of defense, but their defense, as you mentioned earlier, is just so battered right that now. It stinks. It's so bad um, and 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 hurting, and I just it's it's hard for me to to envision them stuffing Dylan and winning this game, uh, you know, in a seventeen to ten type of fashion, uh, which is kind of the way it would have happened in in previous years. But I'm gonna say somehow that that does happen because they're just they're gonna play for pride. They're gonna you know they're the, the defense is, has a lot of pride. My, my schedule, uh, my schedule breakdown, really, I think, swayed you. No, I was gonna take the Hokies because that I did my Fielders forecasters earlier today, and <laughs> I already picked them. But I, I don't know why, really. I mean, I feel like. Well, I feel like I, I just, I guess, I what I what I would say about a lot of these games and why I think it, it's if they all feel like coin flips, and they feel like if they a lot of these teams in the ACC right now played ten times. It might be five and five for all of them. That there's not much separating them, you know, outside of Clemson right now, where their talent level is so much higher. That a lot of these teams are recruiting kind of the same level, not the same players, but same level, like three star guys, uh, occasional four stars, and then you know you got to make the most of your talent. And the the coaching staffs that do are, you know, get to the championship game opposite Clemson right now. Um, and you know, Justin Fuente's done a good job of that the last two years. But I think he's they've struggled this year kind of overcoming some of the, the, the youth and attrition that their roster took. You know, you can't replace six guys that went to the NFL and just pick up where you left off, right. you know. Um, and it just makes it hard because, you know, I can, you know, it's just you sound you just like could easily see Virginia Tech losing and get or getting, you know, and get it losing badly. But I, I just don't think um that's gonna happen i guess i and and the way they've this team's played uh after losses under fuente sort of also has kind of been one of their hallmarks so you kind of hope that that carries through 
Because if it doesn't, then that's another sign that you're worried. Right. They've only lost two in a row once, right? Right. Last year, last November. Yeah. Uh, Georgia Tech and whoever the other team no. was. But, all right, let me ask you this. Would they be better off if this game were in Chestnut Hill? <laughs> would you feel better about their chance? I kind of would. I mean, I, I kind of feel like if things start poorly, at, you're yeah. going to start having that sensation in the stadium of, Not a oh burning sensation, I hope. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, – well, this is a chance to exercise that ranked demon because I mean it's a it's a ranked team now. Boston College is ranked, so they'll get, be able to end that streak if they What's do. What's the it. ranked demon? Isn't there because they've lost like whatever? How many teams? Oh are right, right. They haven't home. beaten a ranked yeah. foe at home yeah, yeah. since so, two thousand five. Right. Yeah. 15. So, um, yeah. I, I, but I just don't think they're intimidating. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'd be more worried. I guess if it was a better team, I just don't, I don't see yeah. that Boston College comes in with sort of. Uh, Reputation. I, I think that, I think that's fair. I mean, you know, Tech has handled their business against Boston College. There was a time in these programs' history where they were sort of a nemesis of each other. And, yeah. And it was anybody's game. And, and lately, Virginia Tech's pretty much owned this series. So you feel fairly good, I think, if you're a veteran on the team and been around for all those games. You're like, hey, you know, these guys aren't – you know, they, they may have a number next to their name, but they're right. not – they're not. Like Georgia Tech comes in and they're different. And I think that's intimidating in a way where you just don't know what you're going to see. And, and so that's just a bad well, matchup. It was a bad matchup. Bad Boston matchup. College is not that way. You know, Leffler, Bud Foster's familiar with them. I mean, you got all, I mean, it's a team where you've seen the players. I mean, AJ Dillon, look, if he, you know, has a good game, you just can't let him beat you. You know, you kind of, you get, you pick your spots, but I, They'll lose, they'll lose, and we'll just be back here next week, <laughs> and it'll be all. And, and Purdue's going to win out because Purdue's they're not terrible. Oh, Purdue's terrible. Ter- okay, let's go. What is my, Purdue? My dad's all fired up because he went to grad school at Purdue. He's all fired up about Purdue. And, Purdue's they, they really have bad. been terrible in, in recent years, Purdue's bad. including the year they played the Hokies. So Purdue lost to Northwestern. That's fine. Lost to Eastern Michigan. Lost to Missouri. Yeah, Missouri's terrible. It happens. So they had a four-game win streak. Beat BC, and then two of the wins, you know, obviously Ohio State, but two of the wins were Nebraska and Illinois. Those are two of the worst teams in the country. True. Okay. I, I honestly have not been watching a lot of Purdue football. I have not watched a lot. I mean, I followed them a little bit because I used to cover Eastern Michigan, so I always kind of okay. keep a watch fly. And then the Big Ten, I'm just more, you know, having uh, been from there, but um, they're not a good team. Here's a fun fact. Well, you probably already know. What's well, a fun fact? Purdue doesn't have lights. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. How do you not have lights? Because they're not a great. In 2018, good, they're not a very good program. It's them. <laughs> Northwestern, I don't think has lights either. I think they're the only two programs. No, they have lights now. I think. Do they? Because they had that night, or unless they brought them in for that Ohio State game the other year, a couple of years ago. I was amazed at Purdue's lack of facilities. I mean, I just always thought of Northwestern has that beautiful new facility on the lake now. Have you ever seen pictures of that? No. Where you have the windows outside looking uh, the lake. It's really beautiful. All right, so what's your tech score? You gotta have something. 28, 20, uh, 28, 20, 28 okay. 20. What was yours? I'm, let me go seventeen ten. Because <laughs> okay. right. like if I'm just gonna come up with a score out of my butt, then that that's gonna be the one. That um, could be. I mean, we, last week it was like uh, somebody predicted the score is like gonna be twenty three twenty one. I think one of our uh, uh, somebody in the press box, and that was almost the score after the first. Quarter, <laughs> quarter and a half. None of us know anything. No, none of us know we're, anything. We're that's, all, that's we're all the close. bottom line. Okay, well, <laughs> with that, on that note, how about our pick three? No, coastal division race. You want to oh, talk? You want, you want to talk about the coastal? You want to handicap that puppy? I mean, look, Hokies are a game are a half game back of. Uh, well, we should bring up the schedule. I, I think isn't it, isn't it tied? I don't know. 
<laughs> well, it was my idea to handicap the Coastal. And you don't even have the standings in front of you. All right, so the Coastal Division. Who can this we is, we can is, eliminate North Carolina? Can we eliminate Duke? This is the last year's. That's not going <laughs> to help us. All right, this is good radio. <laughs> Dead air. Uh, uh, so Virginia, yeah, Virginia is a half game. They're four and one. Virginia Tech's three and one. Pittsburgh three and one. Pittsburgh Miami, three and one. Huh? Pittsburgh three and one. A uh, four and four overall. Miami's two and two. Georgia Tech's two and three. Duke one and three. North Carolina one and four. Okay. I would think North so Carolina's we're the Carolina teams out. Car- oh, you're just just kicking Duke to the curb yeah, as well. See, right? see so, so 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 North you, Carolina you has failed, and they're done. So you got. <laughs> Are we getting rid of Paul Johnson too? I mean, they, they'd have to run the table. It'd be really tough. I don't know what their last four games are like, but that'd be really hard to do. I'm saying they're gone. They're I'd probably gone just by the, um, the way it works. But so is Virginia. You you saw Virginia up close. I haven't seen Virginia play. Um, yeah. Are are they for real? And what are your sort of? Uh, they're for real. I mean, the the Perkins. I've been saying all along, Perkins is 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 really really good. I mean, and I, I, I saw him in spring game. I said, wow, this guy's a difference maker, and he's turned out to be. The biggest thing I didn't expect was that their defense would start to play well, um, and it's it's playing very well, and, and keeping them in games, and even when they didn't uh, run up and down the field against Carolina the other day, you know, their defense did the job for them, and so now they're punching with both fists, and I think there's, there's, a, there's a palpable – uh, momentum, as I mentioned earlier, I think they're the favorites. I think they're the favorites too, and they already got a win in hand over Miami. Um, I feel like you know Virginia Tech is going through a little bit of a gauntlet here. I mean, you know that that pit game that I thought would be pretty easy for them coming into this season now looks uh, very daunting to me. Uh, that trip next week. Uh, Miami, you know, maybe that's not as daunting as it was because Miami's not as good as people thought they would be. So I, I just I, – I don't know. It, it, you kind of feel like Virginia has a chance perhaps to go into that final game with the Coastal already wrapped up. If And that would wow, be a real – you're going, you're going really well, strong. I, I, I need to see Virginia's schedule to know. All right, well, here's the – here. so Georgia Tech only has three conference games left. They have at North Carolina, Miami, Virginia, and then at Georgia. Um so that's Georgia. Georgia Tech would have to win their next three. That'd be t- tough with Miami and Virginia back to back. Who's this? This is uh, Virginia has p- this Pittsburgh this week, and that's on Friday. Liberty. I don't know why that that schedule so late in the season? And then at Georgia Tech, at Virginia Tech. Okay, they've beaten Georgia Tech before, last year. They did beat Georgia. They, Tech they beat last Georgia year. Tech last year. That's how they secured their bowl berth. And Pitt, Pitt at home, they're a seven and a half point favorite in that game this week. So. Miami has Duke at Georgia Tech at Virginia Tech Pittsburgh, and they'd have to pretty much be perfect because uh, you know they have the loss to Virginia. Virginia's uh, right there, um, and then who do we have here? And Pitt has uh, at Virginia Virginia Tech. They have three of their four on the road at Wake Forest at Miami. That's that's a tough road. Three of the four on the yeah, road. Yeah, Pitt's been an interesting team. I mean, they go and almost beat Notre Dame, and they get their doors blown off by Penn State. I mean, we'll talk more about Pitt next week as the Hokies go into that game. Yeah, I'll be pl- in Charlottesville on Friday, so I'll have an up close look at them too. They almost beat Notre Dame. Beat beat Syracuse. Forty. I mean, the last two wins they scored they scored forty four against Syracuse and fifty four against Duke. Um, but they, they they lost to North Carolina, so I mean, yeah. again, it's like what? 
these teams are just so close talent wise. I think that that's going to happen a lot. Um, I mean, Virginia is the favorite right now because they have only three to play and they're four and one, so they have much room, less room uh, for error. Um, tough ending both uh, two on the road. You know, I can't make a mistake. That's tough. But so you're you're, you're you sound like you're leaning pretty clearly in Virginia's direction. I'm leaning Virginia, and I said, so would they beat Virginia Tech, or, or would Virginia already have it? Because they, they could, they could, like you said, they could win the next. We could win against Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech, and that Georgia, Virginia Tech game doesn't matter in the standings. It'll matter for everything else. But, sure, but it wouldn't. Uh, it could, might not affect their uh, championship uh, dreams. Appearance. I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited to see how it plays out because I, I it's been a, it's been a minute since Virginia versus Virginia. Isn't there a Twitter Virginia account Tech. that just says how many days it's been every time every day? Well, just I mean, there's day. been some games that have mattered. Uh, yeah, 2007. Uh, what was it, 2012? Maybe, but like, well, the be- the the way it would shake out, the best way to shake it out is if it's uh so Virginia Tech only wins one and needs to k- get the bowl game, and then Virginia needs to win to win to get the conference championship berth. Then you'd have everything on the line. That would be cool. Uh, the other way would be cool is if they're playing just for the coastal berth. For the coastal berth you know, too. Way, yeah. You know, both of them win out up to that point. Uh, and then you're playing for the coastal. That'd be fun. Could happen, uh, but that doesn't it, that doesn't feel as likely as Virginia Tech. You know. <laughs> no, not right now. <laughs> not right but now. I have a winning against Boston College, so I don't know what I'm talking about. I, so. think we, I think we've answered the original question: Is the season going off the rails? It's not off the rails. I, it's not off the rails. It's not it's, off the rails. It's, it's, it's but looking, I mean, like in that you know, if like you're on a mine cart and you're like tipping over a little bit, <laughs> right. and it's like you're you're you want to you want to tip back instead. You know, I don't know. Yeah, you got to shift your weight. You got to shift. Your, they definitely have to shift, shift some weight. Ricky weight. Water, Ricky Walker has got to move over to the other side to to balance this. Uh, the sky out. Exactly. All right. Has it been a fun season for you, though? I mean, do, is it more interesting? You been, know what? Uh, you know, because they've been what? Kind of uh, a good but not great team the last couple of years. Uh, they weren't very good in 2015, I guess. I'll be um, honest with you. What, this has been a roller coaster. How's it kind of compared? I have not enjoyed this season. Not I, enjoyed I'll be honest it. with you. I have not. And, and I was talking with a friend of mine the other day about it. And I, I don't know why that is. I think. Part of it is I just I don't feel like we get to know these guys like we once did. Like you just don't right. you don't feel and Fuente is is pretty laconic in terms of the one and oh stuff. I mean he's been good after some of these losses and stuff. Yeah. I mean he's he's sort of poured his heart out there, but he doesn't have the humanity of Frank, you know, which Frank was right. when he was going through things like this. It was like, wow, I've never seen this happen to this guy before, this Hall of Fame coach, you know. Yeah. And so now it's just I don't know. It, it, it all it all kind of feels futile uh, in terms of no. I mean, in terms of like you're going to win the coastal and then you're sacrificing <laughs> That's very ex- land. Existential. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> you're just, just going to be cannon fodder for Clemson, whoever comes out of this. Well, but bracket. then the ACC shouldn't play because they're all cannon well, fodder. No, for, I, I mean, yeah. that is that is a problem. I mean, look, Clemson is uh, is is really good. <laughs> I mean, they are just five. They are like. Not like one or two steps ahead of their conference. They are just like on a different highway. Uh, you know, it's it's not good. Yeah, walking out of Tallahassee, I was like, this is going to be a fun season. This is the, they're they're surprising us. They're doing things that we didn't expect. Right. And then walking out of ODU, I was like, okay, it, it, it's been. You're right. It's been interesting in 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 different ways. It's been a wild season, and you know. It's like if you look at their schedule, like so. If they had played that East Carolina game and not lost to Old Dominion, 
Like it would be like okay, they what they'd be uh, six and two, and you just say that's about where they were last year, the last couple of years. But that old Dominion loss combined with that cancellation of a game has just like because now they're four and three, and everybody's panicking. But I mean, losses to Notre Dame and Georgia Tech, not that's not a that's not reason to. I mean, Georgia Tech just plays; they just had their number the last couple of years, and Notre Dame's in the right now. They're the, the four team in the playoff, the first playoff rankings. So I mean, it's. The, the Old Dominion loss and that cancellation kind of skews the whole season, I think. Here's another thing that's – it's been a lot of night games. A lot of you night games you and don't you get tired. You feel like you write the greatest things you after night games because you're, you're kind of you're – just, you're just trying to get it in. Um, I feel like I've written the same advanced column week after week. Well, who knows what's going to happen. We'll see you out there today, right. boys. Uh, hopefully we'll see a good game. I mean, like, it's like I have no conviction on anything. So, so, so a lot of this is my own damn fault. I mean, i got to take responsibility for just not having – got to go one – I'm not having a good you gotta go to one and I'm having a bad you got to go one and oh every week, and that's – you fail. But there's still time. There's, there's still, still time, time to turn this around. There's still time. you got season. four games to play, and so we'll see if you can do it. Um, <laughs> I I, I think it's been fun in the sense that it's been a kind of a roller coaster and it's just been very unique. Uh, and I get the sense that the coaching staff doesn't like that, obviously, especially the losses. But that, that you know, you, you kind of coaches go, oh, we've done this for how you know, Bud Foster's done this for how many years? And this, you know, this team's unique. And that's 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 interesting as a writer to, to sort of have uh, have something happen that hasn't happened you know, to somebody that's been in the game for 30, 40 plus years. And Coach Fuentes talked about that this has been very, very different and um, not in a good way for them, but still just, it's just interesting. I just a lot of twists and turns, some decent games, some bad games. Um, it's never been boring, I guess is what I, I would say. Well, the last few years of Frank changed things because the first, the first year they struggled, I remember, I mean, and even before that, when they would lose a game, it was the end of the world. Right. You know, it was the apocalypse. Virginia Tech lost a game. How could this happen? Whether it was against a ranked opponent or somebody else. And, and as, as it's going on, it's like I don't get maybe, – maybe you get that sensation more. Maybe you're getting more correspondence from angry people uh, after these losses. But I think more and more it just feels like it's almost like, well – I think there's a high level of panic after every loss, and especially the Old Dominion. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Uh, and just kind of, I think – uh, and what I've been telling fans that I've emailed, I emailed a, a bunch last night, just that I think what you want to see now is this defense needs to show some improvement over the last four weeks. Like mm, I, I right. think they get, I think they got some time. Um, they're going with the same group. They're not making a bunch of changes. So uh, they have to show some improvement. If they can close the season on a high note, I don't think you look at this as a lost season, especially if they can make a bowl game just because uh, like we said, they needed time. And so you, they, you know, if they can lay the blueprint for success, so in two years or the next two years they can be in the Coastal Division Championship game, then you say, look, that bump in the road was worth it. But if they tank, you know, if they go zero and four and the defense just gets blasted every every week, you're thinking, well, that's not. We didn't show. We didn't show any improvement. We didn't do. We didn't do what we were supposed to do. I'll make it even easier on them. Okay. Uh, we we use that damn plugging the damn metaphor yeah. before. If you can plug one of those defensive problems, if you can stop the run, right. Uh, you know, and, and and your secondary is still a bit of a liability. I'm okay with that. Like, I think I think you could say, all right, they're making progress sure. in some areas, uh, because the secondary is the youngest part of this this right. this defense. Um, I think you're right with Ricky Walker leading the way, sort of. You know, just 
finding a way to do what Bud Foster wants to do most, which is stop the run, do that first, and then make the other team one-dimensional. If they can do that, then you feel like they've regained some control of their team. Because, I mean, this team's only losing, what, four starters, I think? One on defense? Nothing's more demoralizing than just getting trampled uh, at the line of scrimmage. But, I mean, you got these these guys are young. So, I mean, you you talk about uh, this experience – you know, four, they lose only four starters next year. I mean, this is going to be uh, could be an exciting young team still this, if they can just get it together. Saturday's a huge day for Dax Hollyfield. Yeah, huge day for that kid. I mean, I watched him pretty close up in that game against on Thursday night, and he was he was the little engine that could man. He was throwing his body into every every scrum he could, but he you know just like the rest of them. He's pretty powerless to stop those guys. He needs a he needs a big performance here, I think, uh, for them to to slow down Dylan. Yeah, and I, I think that it's important. And I mentioned this to Deshaun McLeese, and he kind of shot me down. But I still think it's important <laughs> uh, that the uh, running game as they they need a big game from the running backs. They need to take some pressure off. They can't rely yeah. on Ryan Willis to win games. Um, they need to kind of get a, a hundred yard game from a running back and three yards on the ground and, and just really kind of control the ball, control the pace, which they haven't done all year really. Um, uh, they just, I, I just think that's important because um, they've been so inconsistent on the ground the last couple of weeks. So. Definitely, definitely. So now we can go to the pick three. Okay, what you got? Uh, so me and my wife have been watching uh, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, the the remake, the new. Oh, they got a remake. Uh, yeah, they re, they re uh, ten episode Netflix series, you know, horror kind of not like the one with Melissa Joan Hart where it was a kid show. This is uh, like you know edgy. Um, we're five episodes in and it's not very good. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> a ringing endorsement. I like uh, it, uh, Kira Shipley. I think I, I don't know. Probably not saying her first name right, but um, she was on Mad Men. The daughter. She's a, a little grown up now. She's a you know teenager. She's really good. She's a really good actress. She showed a lot as a kid actor in Mad Men, um, and she's very good in the series. But the series just isn't very good. So maybe the last five episodes of uh, Business will pick back up, but um, not 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 the case right now. Well, my son turned 13 yesterday, so 13. he's officially a teenager. teenager. Uh, and what he wanted for his uh, present was uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, which is a PlayStation oh, 4 game. Yeah. Uh, it's it West, had, Western-themed. I looked up like the parental ratings of this. Rated M, M for it's rated M for sure. It's, it's a hard M. It's M. Uh, looks like mostly violence, but it was kind of funny. No, when there's was, some, there's some. There's a little bit of sex in there there's and some brothels, some, yeah, some you can. cussing. Have you played this game? Well, I played the first, the Red Dead the Red Redemption Dead. Okay. One. I just the reason I brought it up is because I liked the uh, whatever site I was on. It had you know reviews from people, and it it was like it was like perfect for all ages, you know. And it was like uh, I don't see anything wrong with this. Sincerely, a concerned adult. You know, like it was like these, these kids can go on there and post these things, right? And then you know, hey, mom, look, there's nothing wrong. This game with is this totally game. fine. Uh, so you did buy it for him, though. I think we're gonna do it. Uh, I it may, made, I want to play it. It <laughs> made especially the, if there's the most it, in a weekend. The most for an entertainment property made seven hundred and fifty million dollars. That's how the much first like, one or the second. This one? this released the latest one that got released. I mean, it's gotten killer reviews. From um, oh yeah, it's it's very. The first one was very good. Um, very immersive. Uh, they spent five years on the game, so yeah. and you can play poker and you can gamble on it. So there yeah, you go. I want to play it. It's it's it, everything I've seen says it's great. So uh, this weekend uh, or on Friday, I think WWE 
uh, has their crown jewel event. It's been very controversial. I don't know if you've heard seen anything about Saudi Arabia. Yeah, it's in Saudi Arabia. Uh, that's a bummer that they that they're doing that. But the uh, real reason I bring it up is Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid, makes his in ring return after being retired for like nine years or something like that. Uh, as a kid, he was one of my favorites. Um, uh, he's wrestling in a tag match with Triple H against Undertaker and Kane. You look like you have no idea what I'm talking about. So uh, you're glazing over. No, but I'm not. I'm for not. wrestling fans, that's a big deal. That I, I don't know if it'll be a one-off and he won't do anything else, but he was always sort of the best of the best. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see him back in the ring on Friday. I have no right to criticize other people, but I've, I'm always, not, I've I always found it interesting that very smart people love wrestling. I don't. I loved wrestling as like uh, high school, college. Yeah. Uh, but I've I just p- sort of keep half an eye on it. I like when the legends kind of come back, and he's one of a guy. You know, uh, there's not many of the guys I grew up with uh, wrestling still, um, but he's one where you kind of say, you know. It, he he was you know uh, he's the, he was the Clemson of, of the WWE at the uh, you know for for many many years and so I'm just kind of curious to see what he has left and and how much uh, he does but it is a bummer that event is uh, kind of marred by controversy that uh, not good. I got a two pronged uh, ESPN Plus related one here. One is the Indian Super League, which I've told you. I don't this know what that air. is. Indian Super League. They play one game a day at 10 a.m. and there's lines on it and you can gamble on it. Uh, what sport is it's, it? It's India. It's, it's soccer. Oh, it's soccer. soccer. Okay. It's, it, it, well, you say like it's Indian Super League. I mean, says, you could set that, your couldn't watch. That be cricket. Couldn't it be? Uh, it is. A it could literally be any sport. It's, Indian Super League. It's really not very good quality. Polo. It's not very good quality soccer, but it's it's gambleable, and it's at 10 a.m. You could set your watch to it. Uh, they play just one game a day. Uh, and the other thing I want to mention, Katie Nolan. She's Boston gal, and so that uh, that should really turn me off. But I, something about her, she, she does it for me. She's just funny. She's the one she's Boston woman that listens really, to the really show. Really, really funny. Like her show is is actually really good on yeah. on ESPN Plus, and it's you know you can just get it on demand, watch it. It's you know it's the weekend update style sports riffs, and it's funny, and it's it's. It's really good, and she deserves a. Bi- I think she deserves a bigger platform. Well, she was she on the Fox Sports. What did was she on Fox Sports? And they like paid her for like three years not to be on the air, and then yeah, then, yeah she finally got back on with ESPN. Does she have a guest every week? Or uh, yeah, it, it's sort of like a you know sort of like a Tonight Show style, I guess. But it, the monologue is what what you come. You know, it's it's funny jokes and and um, you know topical, and and I enjoy it. I mean, I th- I think uh, I'm glad to see her have a show because I think that's where she's best is when she's doing the, you know, the sarcastic, uh, you know, SNL style stuff. So, so it's Halloween. Um, uh, and that's sort of my pick three, but it's, it's, we're at the stage where Halloween's sort of like the worst because they, they want uh, our kids are four and six and they want, they, the, what do they want to be changed every single day? And so, we started with like Ghost, and then the little one ended up as Iron Man. And by the end of the day, I'm worried that he's going to change his mind and just melt down. Um, we we were going to be Clark Kent for the older one. We had a good costume picked out, and he just decided he wanted to be Superman. So uh, Halloween, when you're at this age, is dreadful uh, just because of that. What were your kids for? Are your kids still dressing up at all? Yeah, my son is he's going out at 13. He just turned 13. He's going out as Snidely Whiplash. Uh, Snidely with, Whiplash. With his, you know who that is, right? I the, do not. Stereotypical villain from Bullwinkle with a, uh, like okay, a curly okay. mustache and all that. 
Uh, and Hannah, my daughter, she's 10. She's going as a donut fairy. So a she's got kind of like fairy. a donut dress and she's got wings. It's kind of a mishmash. Uh, so I wanted shit. the kids to still like wear complimentary costumes, but they're just not into it. And it depresses me. I feel like I failed as a pa- It makes me feel like I failed as a parent when they don't have matching costumes up until like, I don't know, eight, nine. Yeah. Did you I ever do matching costumes? No, no, not really. It was always Hannah was always really something really cute and Casey was always something really gruesome. So I'd yeah, be like, oh, what are you gross? Yeah. But um, I, I think he's a little old to be trick or treating, but he's got his little sister with him. So that's going to help him. I think he's well, no, gonna, he's at the age where you uh, you're not treating, you're tricking. Yeah. Well, he's going to be out there trick or treating with her. Oh, so he's bringing her. But I mean, so you you won't. Is he not going to throw eggs? You, no. You don't check the bag. Uh-huh. If he does, he's not getting that red dead, de- de- redemption dead, too. De- de- redemption too. I, easy for me to say. All right, my last one, Martinsville Speedway, man. I was there on Sunday and Saturday. Uh, NASCAR's struggling. Everybody knows it, but that place still delivers. Uh, f- fantastic finish with Joey Logano bumping past Martin Truex Jr. in the final lap. Uh, the, sort of the old school short track style. Uh, racing that everybody wants to see everybody says they want to see and then when it happens everybody says oh uh, you know that was dastardly how could he do that um, you know but controversy makes that sport go too so uh you know it's just kind of proof that if they had more short tracks that's one of the biggest problems with nascar is the fact that they go to all these cookie cutter tracks and all the racing looks the same um, martinsville is different and that's why i think the competitors like it and certainly the fans so a uh, good show martinsville uh, we'll see you again in the spring. I would say I know much as much about the Indian Super League now as I do about NASCAR. So, <laughs> Indian um, Super League is almost as popular as NASCAR. <laughs> I, oh gosh, I, I have like no concept of either thing, um, but they're both very, very, very different reasons. Uh, I didn't know the one existed, so that's a pretty good reason. NASCAR, I know exists, but I just choose not to uh, pay attention. So. Um, that was good. That was a long, that was a lengthy podcast. Well, Catching we had, up. To, we had yeah, to make we had up to, for lost time here. Lost time. And uh, you're going to be doing uh, double duty yeah. this week. Uh, so you'll be scouting some scouting ahead, really. Yeah. That's good. You can bring yeah, back I'll some bring, scouting. I'll bring back some info. Detailed scouting reports. Gotcha. Um, yeah. It'll be fun. That sounds good. All right. Well, we'll get together then. In the meantime, check out all of Mike's stuff on roanoke.com. For Mike Nizolik, this is Aaron McFarling. We will see you next week.